to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. They felt embarrassed. They felt shame and confusion. You know, they they knew me to be this actress that grew up doing musicals. Stage, a stage actress who's really funny and does like normal type shit, whatever that is for them. Um, and I'm, I've always been really drawn to the darker stuff, the darker, uh, more controversial, in your face, truth hurts stuff. Welcome to the deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. The human centipede, if you haven't heard of it, is possibly the biggest cult horror film ever made. Three tourists sewn together, mouth to anus to make one gastric system created by a mad retired surgeon. The headline on it is 100% medically accurate, and supposedly it is. Now, I couldn't bring myself to watch it, but I was fascinated by the hype of this film. The more I thought about the film over the years, the more I wondered about the cast. Who would choose to be in this film? Did it change their lives, their careers? What did their families feel about seeing their daughter sewn into the buttocks of a man? I loved the wisdom that the middle part of the centipede, aka actress Ashley C. Williams, brings to the deep. It made me think, how does one decision change the trajectory of your life? And is it worth it? Hi, 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 Ashley. <laughs> Welcome to the deep. You have been one of the first guests that has really pushed me outside my comfort zone before our interview took place. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I, I'm very surprised uh, considering all the ones, the episodes that I've heard. <laughs> Well, the preparation that I had to do for your episode was I had to watch a film called The Human Centipede. Right. And give us a, just a really quick synopsis of this film. The Human Centipede is about a German surgeon who is actually retired now at the, at the beginning of the film, and he specialized in separating Siamese twins. And... Some say he's gone a bit demented and has decided to experiment at home on his own. Um, he first started with his dogs to try to sew them together instead of, so instead of tearing um, humans or anything apart, he's trying to um, create one like gastric system. And with his dogs, it failed. So he decided to kidnap um a couple of tourists um, and experiment on them. And he does it in his own home. And the movie is about that um, experience, progress, um, lack thereof. And it is uh, the tagline, I would say, is 100% um, medically accurate. Right. So what this film is about is 
you and a friend going into the woods, um, getting getting lost through the because your car broke down, and turning up to his house, and then he has obviously all this great medical equipment and and a room to do it in, and it's all very uh, pristine. But the goal is to connect you from mouth to anus. Correct. Three people, right? To make yeah. a human centipede. Yes. Now you are in the film. Yes. You are the centipede, a part of the centipede. Mm-hmm. Which part? The middle, the the center, the center girl. So this is what's fascinating about this film is it is a cult horror classic. Like people still watch this film to this day. It's 10 or 11 years old. I remember hearing about it when it first came out because it was banned in Mm. different countries. And just that in itself got me really fascinated. And then when I heard what the film was actually about, I freaked out and I Mm. thought, I can't watch this. That's going to be too much for me. And so for years I've wanted to see this film, but I've been too terrified. And I thought a really interesting way to look at this is you chose to be a part of something like this. You had an opportunity to do this. You did it. And I wanted to know and discover and explore with you the impact of that, but also what it was just like being in one of the most famous cult horror films of our time. Like when you get the script initially, like, tell me about that. How does this come about for you? I was very early out of acting school. Um, it, it might have been about seven or eight months after I had graduated and I was auditioning. I was, you know, really working hard to um, to book something big, you know, to, to make my career go to the next level. And I was, I was so bored of everything that I was auditioning for, the scripts that were being sent to me um, or that I was submitting for on my own. And I, I just started to kind of go or think outside of the box. I was like, let me just try and, and like get creative here. And there was this site called actorsaccess.com where you can have your profile, your resume, headshot, everything. And there, there's breakdowns on there. People put their films and, and um, the breakdown of what they're looking for on there. And you could submit on your own without an agent. And at this point, I didn't even have representation. I just was doing everything on my own. And they had an email address. And more, normally, um, breakdowns, they don't come with any contact information. You just sort of submit your, your headshot and resume. And so what I was doing was I was submitting myself and I was emailing. Whenever there was a contact info, I was emailing my stuff to whoever that was going to. Um, I was emailing it to them as well. And I never heard back from the actor's access submission. I heard back from the producer that I had emailed. And on the breakdown, it said that they were looking for two Beverly Hills type girls to um, be the leads in a European controversial film. And it, it was really intriguing to me because I was like, ooh, Europe, you know, that would be so great to go and do a movie you know, like travel for work and, um, so exciting. Yeah. So very exciting. And, but I had, I had no idea what it was about. Like you had to get invited to audition in order to find out. So the producer, Ilona, um, who's Tom Six's sister, uh, the director, Tom Six, his producing partner emailed me back and she, you know, was really intrigued and invited me to audition. And, um, yeah, I remember being in this tiny little office with Tom and Alona, and they had me do a monologue to kind of see my acting. And then Tom asks me if I'm easily shocked. And, you know, I had to kind of sit with that for a minute. Um, I was not given a script or anything previously. So this was the moment that I was basically going to find out what this project was really about. So I had to kind of think, all right, what Kind of answer are they looking for here? <laughs> um, so I said, no, no, you know, what do you got? <laughs> um, try to play it so casually. Um, 
and uh, but I was so nervous and and um but the but Tom and Alona were so nice and so normal looking that I I I did not expect you know what was to come um out of out of Tom's <laughs> mouth <laughs> I love that they're normal looking like you expected like some goblins <laughs> well they were just really like you know you just would not have expected the two of them to you know for the words that came next you know the, to come out of their mouth and um so tom showed me this um i remember it so vividly this this tiny blue piece of paper with that famous drawing of the the stick figure the three figures with the one line going through the signaling like um one gastric system and he just without saying anything he just hands me the piece of paper <laughs> and i was like looking at it for about a minute trying to figure out if this was like some sort of trick and um and then i was like okay i i don't know what this is and um and then he just went on this raging passionate rant about his vision for this movie like you know three people sewn together one gastric system 100 percent medically accurate beautiful just so passionate about his idea that i just sat there in awe of him like he was like i don't think i was even grossed out i i i wasn't even imagining what three people sewn together even consisted of like i i wasn't i didn't even go there i was just like god this man he's so passionate about like he's got this massive vision and i i'm attracted to that i'm I'm all for working with directors with, with big visions. Um, and so, you know, I just let him talk and it was amazing. And, and, um, and then that was it. And he said, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> like you had the role or you just left no, and no, you didn't like, know. Thank you. We're interviewing others. Did you want it? I didn't really know. I don't quite remember thinking if I wanted it at that point. Um, I know that, you know, I just love foreigners. I was like so excited to be in the room with those two. You know, they, I just, I wanted to travel. I wanted to get the fuck out of New York City. I was like, <laughs> this would be so much fun. Whatever the fuck it is, I just want to go. <laughs> and so what happened? And so I got a call three days later from Alona being like, we want you to come in and read with a few girls. There was no script. There was just, cause I asked her, I was like, well, do you have any sides for me to prepare? And um, she said, no, just show up. And so I get in and I remember everything about where it was, the hallway we sat in, the girls just sitting there being like a little nervous and freaked out because they weren't probably they probably weren't sure what they were doing there there was just so much gossip about like what this was the concept you know how gross it is is, is this really going to happen is this like a snuff film you know all these girls just like kind of freaking out and but no one really knew and so every time a girl would come out of the room auditioning with another girl they, they would look at us and and like book it they would just be like no thanks and just leave like so quickly and I was just like, oh, my God, what is going on in there? <laughs> and so finally, it's my turn. And I'm paired with this um, this girl um, who actually is not the original. So I end up getting cast um, after my audition. So I, it was completely improvised. And um, they had us pretend like we were strapped down in the hospital beds and like screaming for our mom and we had to get down on our hands and knees. Like they gave us pillows to, you know, make us more comfortable um, to like get on our knees. And um, they wanted, they had a film camp, they had a camera and they were filming our, our eyes as we were improvising a scene of like pretending like we were attached to somebody in front of us. And it was just like, it was so strange, but I felt so protected in that room because it was just alone. Like Tom wasn't there. It was just Alona. And this other girl, so it was women in the room and she wasn't asking us to take our clothes off. It was, it was, it felt, it felt okay. Um, and so I was just like, 
I don't know. I gave it my all. I was, you know, she told me that they were looking for, um, you know, communicating with the eyes, the emotion in the eyes, because that's the only way you're going to be able to communicate in this position, you know, and, and they're, they were looking for that specifically. So I, I did that and I gave it my all and, and it was challenging. It was really challenging. And, um, and that made me even like, like it even more. So, um, so yeah, they, they, they actually called me probably like a week later and, and told me I had the role and the girl that I originally um, was paired with had gotten the role as well, but she's not the girl that's in the movie. What happened was we were told not to talk about the movie at all. Um, it was extremely confidential and she went and spread it all on social media. <laughs> so she was fired. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh okay yeah and then i had to go in and audition again with a whole bunch of other girls um and so by that time like i knew i was already cast so i um they gave me the choice of which girl i wanted to play you know the middle or the end they <laughs> gave you the choice they gave me the choice yes i mentioned before you're the middle so mm -hmm. most people would think that would be the worst yeah position Absolutely. Why did you, yeah, why did you choose that? <laughs> um, for the challenge. I'm an actor. I was like, she gets to escape. Like, she's got this whole couple of scenes with Dr. Heiter, and she gets to try and escape, and, and the, other, the other girl, she's just dying on the other girl's ass. So, like, I, you know, I was like, that's... <laughs> That's not as exciting. <laughs> I wanted to be the one that survives, you know. Um, so, and she gets, you know, she got to fall into a pool and like try to, you know, save her friend. And yeah, I, um, I guess that's just a part of who I am. You know, I, I, I go for the challenge in all aspects of my life. Let's discuss the elephant in the room, which is everyone is going to be thinking if you haven't seen the film it's not a spoiler really but there is a scene that when you are centipeded together that's not even proper english <laughs> you the japanese man in front of you has been fed mm. and it's almost like i don't know if it was supposed to be funny but when he screams out that line, I need a shit. I got a shit. I yeah. was just like, the way he says it is so funny because it's yeah. so, it's like it's so, ridiculous. so confronting it's so, and so yeah. confronting, but so ridiculous. And then everyone's eyes are on you because it's like, yeah. oh my God, shh, what is happening here? Talk to me about that scene. Well, I knew it was coming. So we shot this whole film in sequence. Which is unusual, right? Very unusual. Shooting in sequence was really, really helpful um, for the character, you know, for, for all of us. So I always knew that that scene was coming up. You know, I, I was thinking about it, thinking about how realistic I wanted to make it, how I'd never done anything like this before. So I don't, I don't, I don't even know how I'm supposed to make it look real. Mm. And mind you, this was my first film that I've ever done. So I have no previous film experience being on set, nothing. Um, and there's no script. There's just a booklet with a synopsis for each scene that Tom had in mind. <laughs> so, but, so no lines. You didn't know lines. All the lines in there are made up by everybody. It was a collaboration process. Wow. That's so yeah. unique. Yeah. Yeah. So you know this scene is coming. Yeah. You've shot it in sweet sequence, so you literally know it's coming. Yeah. And does he prepare you? Does he do the director thing with you, or is a lot of it uh, up to you? A lot of it was up to me, actually. I I don't recall having many conversations with Tom on set. He, he loved my ideas. He loved everybody's ideas. He'd be, we would talk and be like, Hey, I think, you know, I want to see this and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay. Rock and roll. You know, uh, that was his <laughs> thing. Instead of saying action, he would be like rock and roll. Um, and so he was just so enthusiastic and like everything was a yes. You know, you want to see this? Yes. Okay. Do that. Um, 
And it was very rare that we did more than one or two takes of anything. I don't think we could. If we did, you know, it'd be really hard when you're improvising. You know, the script supervisor has to be like on it, you know, just writing. And you mm. have to remember everything that you're saying to, to, in order to repeat it, you know, for continuity. But um, yeah, I, I was not dreading it. People were asking me like, how, you know, are you nervous about that scene? And, you know, I, I was just... I was just trying to stay in the moment and, 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 um, you know, stay in character. And, um, I, you know, I was nervous about it, but I, I wanted, I remember telling Tom, I want to do it in one take. That's what I told him. I was like, I want to do this in one take. I don't want to do more than, than one. And and he was really happy with that. Cause he was like, you know, I, I, I think we'll get it in one take anyways, cause it's such a simple thing, but it was also up mm-hmm. to me to make it look as realistic as possible, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just went in, like, that's the only thing I could do was just give it everything I had, um, and hope for the best, you know, <laughs> hope that it worked. Cause that was really everything that I, you know, I was very serious about it on set. I mean, everybody was, it, we, we were not laughing and joking on set. It was, it was a very serious kind of I, I was very surprised when I saw it, how many people were laughing in the audience watching it. Um, because it did not feel like a comedy to me when we were on set. It was, it was grueling. It was emotionally draining and physically draining. Yes. But on that, I don't think the part of you doing that was funny. I think that was shocking and awful and very realistic. I thought he made it funny, but then it automatically drops into something else. And that's the thing with this film is it's at moments insane and dark and traumatic, but then really like funny and and strange there's all like you're kind of continuously taken on this journey where you're not sure where you ever land so I think that that's the thing is there's also a lot of uncomfortability in that so I don't know if people were laughing because they couldn't deal you know there was a lot of that a lot of mixed like you know should I be laughing like nervous laughing you know yes Um, Yes. Yes. So, so you do this, right. And I'm thinking now physically about the role because what 80% of it, you're on your hands and knees and Mm. just that in itself would be difficult. Um, I was also thinking about just being that close to someone's butt. I don't know how long the days were. Do you know what I mean? But that in itself has its, is confronting. Mm. Um, and then the third element of being topless, which was, it makes sense for the character. Um, mm. But all those things, can you break that down for me on how that was to be put in a situation like that? How long were you having to be on your hands and knees and that close to someone's privates and all of the rest? So I was extremely impressed with, the VFX team um, who put together the, the costume um, or the pieces that were created for us to be in the centipede formation. Um, they, we were in the makeup chair for probably about two and a half hours every morning or every evening, mm. depending on when we were shooting. And um, we had our, our butts molded. Like we went into... <laughs> Rob's prop shop and had our butts and our faces molded with a plaster that would become the the thing that goes on to the person in front of you. Oh, basically. So yeah. Oh. So it was made into it was made into bike shorts. So every every day we would slip on our uh, these bike shorts that had gauze wrapped around the outside for the bandages and then the the molding of our bottoms was um attached to those bike shorts um with makeup added blood and things like that and then this little knob that um in the center of it which is what we put our mouth on to make sure that we were always attached in the same spot yeah in the same spot and that uh and so we had to bite down on this it was like a mini doorknob shape and and then we had this um gauze that went around our neck 
And then we had um, knee, uh, what do you call them? Knee bra- knee patches or oh, whatever. pads. Oh. Yeah, knee pads for our knees when we were on the ground, which um, which he he designed it so that because he cut our, our knee caps out so that we couldn't, um, so that we were always in the bent knee formation. Yes. Um, so the surgeon cut our kneecaps off and we had them wrapped in gauze, but underneath that was cushioning for our, our knees when we were on the ground. Gosh, that's so considerate. <laughs> I know, right? So we were actually never in that centipede formation for more than five minutes. So that was great. But like, you know, um, I was never concerned about how close I was to Akihiro's butt, you know, like I, I, I remember over the, over the years, I would get questions being like, weren't you afraid that they were going to fart in your face or, yes. you know, you know, that's what everyone wonders. And I was like, there was never a thought that crossed my mind about that. Like never. <laughs> it was so bizarre, right? <laughs> wow. We were, we were like so close. Ashlyn and Aki and I, we were like all in this together because nobody knew what the fuck was like this was so new this was never been done before like even the crew was just like never had a script they were sobbing during that one scene where the centipedes finally revealed and he's got dr Hyder's head like shows the mirror up to them oh and, like, yeah and we were like just bawling our eyes out being like what the fuck has he done to us and the crew like when 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 he when Tom yelled cut like the crew like was crying they were so like mortified about what was happening because it looked so real it looked everything about it yes. was real the way that Tom made this movie was he wanted it to be so realistic and so like the the basement downstairs he had a surgeon come in and like set it up exactly how a hospital would have it and they had like so when we came on set for the first time and they showed us that room, we were like, I almost booked it. I was like, they're they're actually doing this to us, aren't they? Yeah. Like, this is this is real, isn't it? Because they had every tool on set to be able to make this happen. And that's why it's a hundred percent medically accurate, because Tom created this with a surgeon. Are you actually serious? I am serious, one hundred percent serious. You can do this. <gasps> However, oh my god, I thought that was just a tagline. No, I didn't think it was I mean, really accurate. Well, this is this is what Tom's told us. You know, like I haven't done the research. I haven't been like, you know, <laughs> is are you sure this is this is what he told us was that he had the surgeon and we met him, this guy that came on set. He he you know, talked it out with this guy and he was a real like Siamese twin like specialist and yeah and um and he made sure that this could actually work but it was like how long can they actually survive like this is the question it's not like something that you know and like in the film the girl starts to die and you know it's just not sustainable (laughs) wow okay because was there any point within the film any point that you were like oh nah i want to turn back like this no Mm-mm, this isn't for me. You know what? That moment only happened once and I hadn't even gotten to set yet. It was, we had arrived um, in Amsterdam at the airport and nobody was there to pick us up. And I was freaking out. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? This is you know, and I hadn't, I, I had been overseas before. I had traveled alone before, but this I had already had these weird feelings. You know, I had to explain to my parents like that I was going to do this movie, but I didn't tell them what it was really about. And because I didn't do that, I all like that was sort of, you know, a clue to me subconsciously that I wasn't 100% comfortable with what I was doing yet. That's a really interesting point you brought up was telling your folks. So at Mm. what point do they see the film? Do you tell them about the film? What is their reaction? When I told them about the film, I said that it was, um, you know, this, like how I was explained about it was it was this controversial European um, horror film. And 
uh, called Human Centipede, and it's about these girls that get um, um, sewn together. And I didn't tell them how we were going to be sewn together. Um, <laughs> you knowing... just keep missing out <laughs> I know, really you know important what? facts. I know, I know. And um, and that's all I said. And they were like, great, sounds sounds good, you know, have a good time. And um, when I get back, you know, I, I had to, ex- I was excited about it because, you know, I did have a good time and everything went really well. And, um, you know, I, I eventually had to kind of talk about it, you know, and so I... <laughs> I told them and, uh, they were, I think they pretended to be, you know, like cool with it. Um, but eventually I find out like, you know, years later, like how they really feel about it. Um, but they were really supportive and they didn't tell me, they didn't tell me how they really felt for a long time. What was that? They felt embarrassed. They felt shame and confusion. You know, they they knew me to be this actress that grew up doing musicals, um, sta- a stage actress who's really funny um, and does, like, normal type shit, whatever that is for them. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I've always been really drawn to the darker stuff, the darker... Uh, more controversial, in-your-face, truth-hurts stuff. Mm. Because for me, that's interesting. And that's like, like, I can do comedy. I can make someone laugh. I can play, you know, the girl in the rom-com. It's easy. I mean, not easy, but, you know, I, I, I love digging deep. And I love, I'm obsessed with the human condition. And um, this was something that I wanted to experience and it was a challenge for me and I was proud of my work in it you know this movie and especially having it been my first my first ever film and um there I can understand from their perspective and this took some time (laughs) it wasn't like Mm. you know it wasn't like a sit-down conversation and we were all talking like adults no shit hit the fan there was like and it didn't even come out until i had done this other movie julia um that's also a bit controversial and my dad lost it my dad lost it at me and um it was probably the worst moment of my life um i didn't i didn't speak to him for a while after that and um you know it's just like embarrassment you know like you're known for this this terrible movie and you know what would people think and um you know, can't you do normal stuff? Like, can't you be in a rom-com? It was always about, can't you do something more normal? And they just, they would never understand and they don't watch my movies. And that was, that was hard for me. Because, you know, you want your parents to be proud of what you do and Mm. um, you want to share it with them. And so I stopped sharing everything with them after that. And that was hard. That, that was, um, it was really hard. Yeah. Did you regret the movie? Never. I've never regretted it in the sense of like, I want to erase this from my life, you know, or I wish I'd never done it. It's, it's always going to be there and I'm proud of my work in it. And I've got a, a lot of people who love the movie and I've got a lot of fans. And um, I think I don't know where my life or my career would be if I hadn't done that movie. What happened the day it was released? Talk to me about how it was received because I can imagine it was divisive. So before it was actually released, they they put out this 58-second clip that went viral. And this was before things started to kind of go viral. You know, it was like, it was like one of those clips that will always be remembered as just something that was put out on YouTube and it was just put out there with like no information. It was just like something like <laughs> coming soon or human centipede coming soon. And that was it. And it was, it was like, and I've seen this clip again and again, like since then. And, um, and it's good. And it's like it's fucked up and like, what, you know, I would be, I would be like really interested if that came out, you know, the whole world started talking about that clip. And that's when it came out in London at this film festival called Fright Fest. 
And that was its world premiere. And they had it play in like a 2000 seat theater that was oh my completely, gosh. completely sold out. It was really disappointing because I could not afford to get myself there and they wouldn't pay for me to come out. Oh. And I, I just was like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like this movie's having its world premiere at this big festival and I can't be there for it. And so I just had to kind of like let it go after a while and accept it, but it was really disappointing. And I, you know, there was nothing in my contract that said that they had to pay for anything, you know, after what we initially did. So Ashlyn and, and Aki somehow made it there <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was great. And then I had my opportunity when it was playing actually at um, Fantastic Fest and um, that was its U.S. premiere, which was a bit better. Like, I I love that it was the U.S. premiere. Um, so that was great. And then, but it played, so it played at um, Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, where it's known for its um, dine-in cinema. And you can eat and drink while you watch movies. <laughs> that, is, that is not the film to get a steak at. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Uh, but I was so nervous that I like just, I don't know, haphazardly ordered like a grilled cheese and fries and um, and this like large glass of wine. And it came, the, the food came like during the film as it was playing. And I just like, I didn't touch it. I couldn't. Um, I didn't, I don't, I think I ate one fry and that was it. <laughs> um, Did people leave the theater? I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. But not in the not in the screening that I was in. Two days later, I think during that festival, um, I think it was that festival, some guy passed out, stood up and passed out and like hit his head on the floor. <gasps> something like that and got a, like a concussion. Something like crazy happened. People storm out. People people pass out. Um, people yell at the screen. People are <laughs> laughing and like joking and. Um, yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy experience watching that movie. And I've had a lot of friends who wanted to watch it with me. And, um, it's such a, such a, such an out of body experience watching that movie with people. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I had to um, have all the lights on, and that my, my dad came over and he'd seen all three. Um, he loves a horror. Your dad? Oh my, God. my dad loves a horror. When I brought up that I was speaking to you, he was so excited that no we way. would get to watch this film because <laughs> one of my earliest memories of my dad was watching The Exorcist. And I reckon I was like three or four. It scared me to death. And my mom was like, this is not for a child, obviously. Um, so when I told him that we were going to watch this, uh, he was excited, but I was cracking a lot of jokes throughout it because I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then I went and like got snacks that we didn't eat. And, you know, I like kept leaving yeah. and coming back. Cause I was just, it was too much for me to be deeply committed to it with like lights out. And do you know what I mean? It was, mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's full on. Yeah. What happened? in the industry for you because this is your first film out of drama school how are you received by your peers by directors what are the next opportunities do people outcast you what is it like it was really exciting in the beginning there was a lot of talk um, a lot of success the fact that the movie got distribution with a known company that it was coming out in cinemas it was like it was more like none of us knew that this this film would come out. We were like, okay, well, if it sucks and it won't come out and that'll be fine with me. <laughs> but it went like way past our expectations. And that was exciting. And 
we were being flown all over the place to these conventions to sign autographs and flown by the, the distribution company to come and do Q&As at the cinema. Like, it was really exciting. You know, I think when the reviews started coming out, um, there was a lot of hate, a lot of death threats to the director. Um, wow. A lot, of, a lot of really ugly things that were said by people, um, you know, calling us desperate actors who will do anything to be a part of something like, you know, you know, like this, people calling it um, torture porn and like a snuff film, you know, saying that it was real and, and um, yeah, a lot of ugly comments too, but a lot of really good stuff, which is, which is what kept me going. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming most actresses, like I went to drama school for three years and graduated and the dream is to, you know, do like, I don't know, these films and, and be the next Cape Blanchett and all of that. That was my mm. kind of thing. Mm. Do you, do you feel like you become typecast that you can't play roles that may stretch you in other ways that explore the human condition that aren't in that genre? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that there's definitely a part of the industry um, that's very scared of that movie and what it means having someone from that movie be in your film because it's such a it's such a controversial movie and it's I don't know I, I I have to be honest have struggled with that you know and but what what happened was like I don't know I I took my own route you know I didn't I didn't want to be the girl that um, was stuck in, you know, just doing a bunch of horror movies, you know, be, be genre horror movies that, you know, put me in, in more of a box. Like, listen, if I had chosen to be in part two and three, that would say something completely different about me. You know, mm. like the first movie is is good. It's a good movie. It's the first one. It's not the sequel. I'm proud of my work in it. It's beautifully done. It's beautifully shot. It's like, I have no regrets doing it. I feel bad for the people who don't want to associate themselves with the movie. And to me, it's like, fuck it. Fuck them. I'm going my own way. I became a writer. I became a producer. I started writing my own goddamn roles. Like that's, that's what, I, and then I met my husband, who, ironically, was um, made aware. Of, he cast me in Julia. He's a filmmaker, and he cast me as a lead role in Julia, but only because he had um, my old manager, who managed me right after Human Centipede came out. She recommended me for the role, um, but he looked me up, and he was like hesitant because I was a part of the Human Centipede. But then he agreed to meet me because they kept pushing for me. Um, but it was that initial thought like, okay, this is what people actually think. They don't know anything about me. They've never met me. All they're listening to is the human centipede. I don't want anything to do with that film just because of what it represents. But Matthew, my husband, decided to meet with me in person. And he was like, I'm so glad that that you came here because it doesn't like he's like everything about the human centipede is like not you you're so much prettier in person you're so much more talented and 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 real and like in person and and like this is all you like you're you're in my movie like he cast me you know like on the spot pretty much and and but it was like it was such an eye opener because I was like, this is what people actually think. They judge the, the book by its cover. And, mm. and that perhaps has been the reason why it's taken me so long to like get to the stories that I want to be a part of or to, to be in the more mainstream movies, um, to work with the bigger people. But I also, I didn't, I didn't want to, play the game and fall for it and just be another one of those sheep, you know, um, I wanted to go my own route and, and make something more 
authentic of myself. And, um, and that's the only thing that I could have done if I, if I didn't want to stay in that box. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I've got, you know, I met my husband, I did Julia, which is kind of a horror film, but it's more of like this revenge flick that was supposed to be sort of this next break for me. And, and unfortunately, um, it was before like the me too movement and it, you know, it's, there's this big rape that's in there and, and people were really, um, you know, they, they didn't want anything to do with that either. And I got a lot of awards for my work in there from like, you know, genre fests all over the world, but it didn't go mainstream. And, and then I got pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> so that was that supposed to be thing. like the, that yeah. old thing and then I had two babies back to back and my husband made two other films back to back which by the way those films they're called um Albanian Gangster the first movies that I've been a part of that aren't horror films and they're out there you can you can watch them and I'm really proud of my work in them and, and I'm, I'm hoping that people start to see me um in a different light even though these roles aren't huge. I mean, I'm, I'm the female lead in them, but, um, you know, it's about the Albanians and I'm proud of it. And I'm slowly making my way, you know, into, into the, yeah. Into the Scarlet O'Hara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> into the place um, you want to be. But that is by telling, that is by telling the stories that you find important. Yes. So, yeah. What I'm hearing is there is no regrets because it's taken you on this this path to have this family, have these babies, do this work. Mm-hmm. Um, but also yeah. you are proud. You're proud of your decision. Yeah. And you stick by that. I do. I do. I love that because I think the reason, I mean, it's a little bit obscure to have this as a topic on the podcast, but I think it is really for reflection on everyone that makes those decisions in their lives that can shift the direction of their life and how they live with those things, whether that is a positive or a negative, but that butterfly effect. And that's something I find so fascinating about you and your choices. You're still committed, you know, even if it had impact on your family or it had impact on I don't know, the way that the career rolled out for you, um, the commitment and the joy that, that that one movie brought you was worth it. And for me, it's it's also been about just trust, trusting in the process and patience. And it's hard. It's hard to be patient. You know, I've got a little, I've got a lot of small voices in me still that say like, you know, do whatever comes to you, you know, whatever's, whatever's, whatever offers come to you, you just got to do them. You know, I mean, I'm talking about film work and, um, but no, like I, I, I've been patient. My husband's been amazing with that, you know, like helping me to stay grounded in my choices and we're an amazing team and we write together and we love working together and it's, um, and I want to tell more stories with him and, um, and I, I love, I love where my life is at right now. And I'm um, very grateful to have what I have. And um, so whatever choices that I made along the way, I mean, I, I can't think of it. I can't regret anything because then it's like everything that I did led me to this life that I'm living right now. Mm. And I, and I love it. I love my boys and I just couldn't be happier. I mean, it's taken a lot more time than I thought, you know, to, to get to where I want to be with my career. But, you know, I think of actresses like Anne Dowd. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's, um, she's from the Handmaid's Tale um, mm. TV series. Yeah. She plays, um, she's the older woman. Um, and she's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. And she's, you know, she's been working for a very, very, very long time. And she's also a stage actress. Um, but you know, she's, she's old, I mean, older, and she just started to get recognized for her work on The Handmaid's Tale. Like she won an an Emmy for it, I think last year or the year before. And, you know, she's worked her butt off and she's older. And and I can't help but think like, man, like I've got so much time. I've got Mm -hmm. so much time, (laughs) so much time. And 
and you know she she does really good quality work and she's not you know a lot of women in this industry you know they worry about their looks and you know staying young and I'm just like I have to stay positive and be like look it's all about you know the work and 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 I'm I just I just want to be a part of stories and I have so much time so much time mm. so so I'm, beautiful. I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. And I can so see you in The Handmaid's Tale and a little red bonnet. I can so see that. I love that. that. I, yeah. I love that show so deeply. Oh, um, me too. My final question, Ashley, is who are you when no one's watching? Hmm. When no one's watching. Hmm. I mean, the first word that came to mind was wild, <laughs> just wild, just like weird and wild, <laughs> maybe it's... more, maybe more weird than wild. <laughs> Heaven. That's perfect. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the deep. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's the Deep. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.